Welcome everyone to Locker Room Rewind brought to you by Chunky Gnomes Insurance. Week four preview cast. We have a lot to talk about today, so we'll just dive right in. I'm Ryan Reynolds alongside Jaden Hart. Jaden, week four, we have a lot of good matchups. Yeah, and notably, maybe the best game in the state of Texas this week. It might not get the credit because it's a six-man game. I think Dave Campbell has it as the third best game in the state of Texas, actually the fourth best game, and that is Sterling City hosting Morton County, the second ranked Coyotes against the fifth ranked Eagles, both two perennial state powerhouses in West Texas. And then a, another rivalry game that might not be what it has been, I mean, and it really wasn't one last year, is Mason against Wall, but of course, we will dive into all of that here in a minute. Yeah, and Borden County coming off a really solid win over Rankin last week. But like you said, we'll dive into those details a little later in the preview cast. We're just going to go ahead and take a look at our top five largest spreads for this week. At number five, Hermley over Robert Lee by 35 points. Wall over Mason, like that rematch again, 37 points. Cristobal over Roscoe by 44. Number two, Westbrook over Water Valley by 55. And then Blackwell over Moran by 63. A lot of six-man games on that list, as you can probably expect, mm -hmm. just how high-scoring that game is. Out of the 20 matchups for Week 4, 11 Concho Valley teams picked to win. Granted, there are two Concho Valley versus Concho Valley matchups, that being Ozona at Menard and Mason at Wall. But at the end of the show, we'll go through and we'll give you guys a rundown of the matchups uh, and what to expect, ones to look out for. And if you want to go see a high school football game, ones you can go out and uh and and watch and have a good time at there there are several here close by this week where there if you're in san angelo it's driving distance and if you're in one of the outside communities it's it's not going to be too much of a trek for you to get over and and catch some football before i mean especially if you're a san angelo central fan before next week when they kick off against colleen uh, i know you'd still have friday off but you might not be in the mood to go to another high school football game and you might be going full Bobcat mode. So this might be your last chance to actually catch some 4A and down um, matchups before before the Bobcats return. And we'll start with our lone 4A team here in the Concho Valley. Lakeview at Snyder. That one at Tiger Stadium at 7 p.m. The Chiefs are favored by four. They're coming off their first loss of the season to Sweetwater, 58-42. to 42. These two teams, they know each other very well. Mm -hmm. They played the past two years, Snyder winning in 2018, and then Lakeview getting revenge last year, 32-19 over Snyder. However, when you look at the matchup as a whole, Snyder, they own it. Two and eight for Lakeview the past 10 matchups. Their only wins coming in 2004 and 2019 and that those past 10 meetings they extend back to 1998 so well in last season's win for lakeview and uh i think the four point spread lakeview being favored is is correct in my eyes i think lakeview should win this football game but you know last season to talk about that game snyder was in a first year of a new head coach they were you know it was just a transition year for the program and you know i guess one of the biggest things that i can look at when comparing these two teams is how did they do against a common opponent well lakeview beat la misa 35 to 8 in week one and then last week snyder beat la misa 
40 to 8. So pretty close there. Both gave up 8 points. I believe it was 40 to 8. Now, I could be wrong about that. It was 40 to 8. Okay. So you, you've got two games or two teams that played the same opponent pretty close. Lamisa's in, in one of those years. This is their transition, and um, they're, they're maybe not the best thing to gauge as far as how good a team's going to be, but we at least have a common opponent there. My biggest concern in this football game for the Chiefs is their defense. It hasn't been the lack of offensive play from from their their offense has been clicking, and it according to Max Preps has been one of the best in the state at least through the air. I think they're second in uh, just teams that are listed on there in passing yards with a thousand twenty passing yards. Al Rodriguez is second, and then Austin Bandy is second in the Incredible. state in reception. <laughs> so, I mean, it's not a, it's not for a lack of offensive production, but Snyder, uh, balanced team that really their success has been, or their offensive attack has been more balanced. And last week, their success offensively was running the football, but again, against a La Mesa team that struggled. Yeah, no no lack of uh, firepower for the Chiefs. They're averaging about 40 points per game this season. But to counteract that, their defense allowing 35 points per game. And the biggest thing that stands out to me for that Chiefs defense in back-to-back weeks allowing 300 yards or more on the ground and and that's why i bring up the point that last week snyder was able to run the ball against the lamisa's team you know that it can be it is you know it is what it is with lamisa but at the same time the fact that they were able to run the football well and in the past two games against slayton and against level and they weren't able to do so you know, okay, how, how much better is the Chiefs defense than Lamisa? I would think that it's a lot better considering how the outcome was in that football game. But it's one of those things where we'll wait and see. And, you know, I, I think just flipping it and not necessarily harping on the negative aspect of the defense not being good. The offense, I, I talked about how potent it's been just in the first three weeks of the season. And that is a testament to, to quarterback Albert Rodriguez and his offensive line because his offensive line has done an awesome job giving him time to throw the football. No, yeah, Al- Albert's been slinging it. Over, he's thrown for over 300 yards, multiple touchdowns every game this season. And, I mean, his, his receivers, as you say, his, his mm-hmm. offensive line stepping up, his receivers, especially the seniors, also stepping up with Austin Bandy and Tristan Franklin Bandy. He's had over... What is it? He had 190 last yeah. week, 140 receiving yards. And not the we, biggest guy out on the football not field. Not the biggest guy. He's just going to beat you with speed. And, and, a, and a big heart. Yeah, and that is a <laughs> really good way of putting it. The guy is uh, he is super fun to talk to, and you can just tell. like He realizes that he's not the biggest guy out there, but he's also very confident in his, his abilities to go out there and beat you off the ball. Um, you know, this – this could be this could has the makings to be a good matchup. I think you said it was four points, and I think that's about right. I might give Lakeview a little bit more points in this one. I think this is a win for them. But you know, as we've seen in the past two times these teams have played, it's been kind of one-sided. I, I think that though this time around it's going to be a much closer, maybe a one 
two score game. Yeah, and I'm I'm, I'm giving Lakeview just like you. I'm giving Lakeview the advantage in this game as well. You know, they got the common opponent. They both pretty much handled Lamisa the same way. Yeah. I think it was what was it? They Lamisa uh, Snyder beat Lamisa by five more points. Was that yeah, it? Yeah, something like something that. Like I that. mean, it's not. Yes, yeah, so it. So it, you know that. But that's like I said to start this thing off. I mean. It's kind of hard to judge that yeah, off no, of exactly. Lamisa because Lamisa is not a, no disrespect, not a good football team, and they will have plenty of more struggles down the road this season. So, you know, I, I think that the biggest thing with Lakeview is is just correcting the errors that they've had defensively. I, I know one of the things that you brought up in practice yesterday when we were talking talking to Coach Guevara is Snyder using a two quarterback system. And, you know, they really haven't had just a ton of success passing the ball. I think their big, their best game throwing it was around the 130 yards mm-hmm. range. You know, they're, they're not going to just light you up through the air. But then again, I, I mentioned they haven't necessarily been great running the football in se- or except for last week. So, you know, this, this has all the signs pointing. If you look at Lakeview's win over Pecos, a team that – ran the football really well, you know, beat them that way, but was able to come back. And Pecos is not necessarily – this isn't – I think Pecos is better than Snyder. Mm-hmm. So let's just kind I of – we can agree on that. Yeah, base it off of that. I think Lakeview should should improve to 3-1. and one, And then hopefully, you know, next week that I think they get Fabens. It'll be maybe 5-1. and one. You can start looking at okay, or I think it's it's either Fabens or Brownfield. Yeah, so. I, I see this being one of those. It could be one of those make or break games for Lakeview that could set the tone for the rest of the season as well. Yeah, um, well, because their, their their district is wide open. Yep. I, I I think that Andrews is a by far top to bottom competitor, or the, at least they were coming into the season. They were the top to bottom favorite in that district, not competitor. Um, I think, though, that you have to look at teams like Fort Stockton. I mean, they were here in San Angelo on Thursday night and played Glen Rose, and offensively they were unable to do anything in that football game. It seemed like they were very one-dimensional, where it was quarterback draws or they were just trying to throw very quick passes out in the flats to receivers. And Glen Rose just handled, handled them defensively and offensively. The quarterback would just throw the ball up and – even though the receiver was a tree and he was able just to get up there and get the football, he was also wide open several times, and it was the same guy beating them over and over again. And then you look at Big Spring. Big Spring might be the biggest surprise in the district because they've kind of – now, they've played some teams that, again, might not be the best on the schedule, but Big Spring is off to a better start than they have in the past. So their district is, in my eyes, the Chiefs can get a two-seed or – Maybe they get in and they get hot and they play, you know, when they're playing Andrews, something happens. Anything can happen, man. And, uh, you know, and that's I, I just see this matchup as so tricky, especially for Snyder. You know, they're sitting at one and two and you, you say they don't particularly throw the ball well. That's not stopping them from actually throwing the ball. Because if you look at their play calls, week one, 30 runs, 24 passes. Week two, 27 runs, 28 passes. Can't get much balance than that. Week three, something changed though. Week three, it goes from 27 runs, 28 passes in week two to week three, 38 runs and 18 passes. So 
I don't know if that it's was uh, if that was a game plan thing. But then you also mentioned the, the, the two different quarterbacks, uh, Hunter Stewart and Cameron Smith. They're both juniors. Coach Wood said Cameron Smith can play pretty much any position on the field, which is why I I guess they're running this two. He plays receiver. System. He plays receiver. He's like a. Plays defense as well. Yeah, he's a, uh, a like defensive a, back. He's like a, a Taysom Hill that also plays defense. Pretty much. So <laughs> it, it's one of those things where I think they're doing this just to utilize his athletic ability more. Um, I don't. I don't think it's a QB battle, but Coach Wood for Snyder also said that team agility is also a big strength. So I, I, fast I, Snyder team. I hate to be repetitive, but I really just think it's it's the Lakeview defense that's got to step up this week. Mm-hmm. And if they are able to play better football than they have in the past two weeks defensively, I think that they will be okay. And you know, we'll, we'll if they're able to you know play really good defense, then this one could get out of hand because I think the offense is going to be able to set pace with Snyder's defense. No, and that's the thing. Besides week one for Lakeview, that offense has had to play catch up the past two weeks. So if this Lakeview defense can you know stand stand down. Uh, hold strong and not force the offense to play catch up and maybe they can settle down and uh, you know get in more of a groove then yeah I do think this thing could get out of hand and give their defense credit where credit is due in week two against Pecos when they were down by 19 points in the third quarter that defense did step up and made several key stops and allowed Albert and that offense to come back and you know, last week they they did kind of come back a little bit against Sweetwater. It was more in the fourth quarter, but I think that Sweetwater might have had some some twos in and, and stuff like that. You just got to give it to them for not giving up. And I think that might be the biggest difference in this year's team than last year's team. I think that's what the kid the players have been saying. And I think that, you know, if you've got a, if Coach Guevara's got a team that does that, then it's going to be no matter what the outcome is in non-district that's that's what you want heading into heading into district and then obviously the chiefs automatically in the playoffs into the playoffs as well and we had a good conversation with a senior lineman cody high for lakeview the other day and he said that they have a group chat they said that they're determined they're working harder than they have been in the past weeks they were in like an hour to 30 minutes early for practice Good signs for for Lakeview to come. Should be a good one. Lakeview at Snyder Tiger Stadium, 7 p.m. We'll keep our eyes on the outcome of that one. Let's jump down to Class 3A now. Clyde at Ballinger. One and two Clyde, that is, at undefeated Ballinger. Bearcat Stadium at 7.30 p.m. is the kickoff time. Bearcats favored by 10 points. Ballinger, one of four unbeaten teams in the Concho Valley. They're coming off that 34-2. Weird score win, but 34-2 nonetheless over Colorado City last week. I think the computer favored them by 53 last week. Now they're going to have them by two. I mean, not two, ten. The, look, Clyde, Clyde is always a competitive football team. They haven't. I don't think they're the same team that they've been in the past. And I think one thing that maybe the, the computer isn't taking into account is that Tyler Vaughn will be back at quarterback for Ballinger this week. And, and the, it, it has not been a, a knock on Carter Eric because he's done really good he stepping up in. Time. I mean, I was at that game uh, last Friday night and there was a fourth down play where he got flushed out of the pocket check made his he, he made one read two read found garrett dixon 
for a touchdown on fourth down you know and that's that's what you want to see out of a quarterback is he's he's going through his progressions and I thought that he's done really well, but you get Tyler Vaughn back in there. Of course, like Ballinger's been banged up this first few weeks. And last week, uh, Wesson Rollwitz had a good game, but really Garrett Dixon was the guy that stood out. No, not as far as a stat sheet guy. He, <laughs> he wasn't popping out numbers of 200 plus yards not, or something. Not Chase Riosing it? No, he had three <laughs> touchdowns though, uh, for three of their first four touchdowns. And I mean, there was one play on the very first time he touched it where he cut it back left, cut it back right, making kids miss, taking a few with him, and then scored the touchdown. And now that could be a testament to Colorado City's defense, but he looked pretty good out there. And I think Ballinger's defense also is something that you have to consider because that has been the th- the biggest thing for the Bearcats so far this season. Yeah, this is this is an interesting matchup, which is why we want to talk about it on the preview cast. According to Lone Star Football Network, uh, if you guys don't know what that is, it's one heck of a database. <laughs> so much information on it. But they have Ballinger on a three-game losing streak against Clyde. That dates back from to 2011, 2016, and 2017. The Bearcats, though, owning the series against the Bulldogs 18 10 and 1 despite Clyde being 1 and 2 I could see them as a sneaky opponent for Ballinger considering who Clyde has faced uh faced off this season Cisco in week 1 was a loss mm-hmm. Idaloo in week 2 was a loss um but no like you said this is not the Clyde team we're used to seeing they've they graduated 80% of their offensive production they do have five seniors on the offensive line though which is a big bonus for them. They graduated nine defensive starters as well. So definitely a different kind of of, of Clyde team uh, than, than we're used to seeing. Of course, they picked up a win last week against a team name I don't even want to say. Uh, <laughs> Riesel, Riesel, I don't know. Correct me like I, we always say on here. If we're wrong, please call us out for it. So uh, reach out to us and say, no, Ryan, this is how you say it, you idiot. So 52-14 in week three. They rushed for 287 yards. You've watched, you've had the chance to watch Ballinger more than I have. Um, and in, they have a dominant 3-0 record. They've been off to a dominant start under, under head coach Chuck Lipsy. How has their rush defense been? Adam Wynn. Adam Wynn. Adam Wynn. One word answer. In, guy has been. Guy can ball. <laughs> I wouldn't even say that he's gone under the radar because he hasn't. I mean, he was an all-state offensive and defensive lineman last year. But, you know, this kid is he's a monster, and he's quick, too. It's not just the size that he's got where he looks all of the part of a, a 3A offensive lineman, but this guy could probably be a 6A six, uh, offensive lineman or, or you know in, in college even play some linebacker he's he's very quick and you know he has been able to get in the backfield quite a bit um especially last week when i was out there i mean it just seemed like every time that colorado city or colorado i always said colorado city correct us <laughs> uh they snapped the football it just seemed like you know he was at least somewhere in the vicinity of of the play i mean he was just getting back in the backfield pushing his offensive line the offensive line back and doing what you want to see and i i think that's a a big part of their defense and it's not to take anything away from guys like dixon and and rollowitz and and you know they're they're without uh braden bowman and they'll be without him for well the entirety of the season and that's a big loss but 
just just in general, this Bearcats team has a lot of talent. And I, I know that's a, a very broad way of putting it, but I mean, I think it's kind of expected. They had high expectations coming into the year because of the amount of kids that were coming back on offense and defense. That's a lot of the reason they were, I think, preseason number 13. And, you know, I think that just getting Tyler Vaughn back offensively is just going to make them even better because of the skill guys that they have. So Ballinger's about to get maybe into that peak season, mid-season form where they start to go on the beating opponents handedly each and every single week. It was kind of slow starting out, you know, they, they had injuries. So let's let's get ready because people are probably about to start talking about Ballinger a whole lot more. Yeah, we mentioned Cameron Smith and how Coach Woodford Snyder utilizes, you know, a player that has such a, you know, outstanding athletic ability. You look at the Ballinger team with, like you mentioned, Adam Wynn, Garrett Dixon, Weston Rolowitz, uh, Carter Errett, Tyler Vaughn. That's like a group of Cameron Smiths that can – those are players that are, are athletic. They're fast. They're not on, they're not only fast and beat you with speed, but they can also run over you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's like a group of Cameron Smiths that that Ballinger's working with, and you just have to think when you're Clyde and you're trying to game plan for something like this, it's extremely hard. <laughs> and I think that's that's kind of what this matchup boils down to: is Ballinger they know who they are. Yeah, Ballinger knows their identity as to Clyde. They, like I said, they graduated 80% of their offensive production, nine starters on defense. They're kind of figuring out who they are. And I, th- I think that's what, what this matchup boils down to. I, I, I think I have Ballinger beating them by more than what the computer says at 10 points. But uh, I think that's the, the deciding factor for me. I th- I'm in agreement, And I, I, I think that I wouldn't also be surprised if it ends up being a 10-point game or something like that, but I do think that regardless of point spread or whatever it is, if it's two touchdowns or if it's four touchdowns, Ballinger's going to win this football game. Now, can we been, have we been wrong before? And has the computer been wrong? We've been wrong? The computer was pretty <laughs> wrong with uh, Reagan County and Ozona last week, but I just feel like Ballinger is going to be a team that as it's like I said, they're getting ready for the midseason form, getting ready to go into district, and uh, the real challenge there will be Banks, and we'll see. Regardless, should be a great matchup, uh, nonetheless. Clyde at Ballinger, like I said, Bearcat Stadium, seven thirty p.m. If you want to watch a good th- Class Three A matchup, head over to Ballinger on Friday. Turning our attention to. Our six-man game of the week, if not our game of the week. And I know you're extremely excited about this one. You're going to head out there on Friday to check out the number two Borden County Coyotes at the number five Sterling City Eagles, Eagle Stadium, 7.30 p.m. Eagles favored by 10. Jaden, what are your thoughts on this one? So Sterling City, they dropped from number five, or from number three to number five, despite winning by 52 <laughs> points. Uh, how did that happen? Let me go ahead and paint this out for you guys. Borden County, <laughs> they upset number one Rankin, 40 to 34. Borden County, rightfully so, after doing that, jumped from number six to number two. Mm-hmm. Westbrook, who beat Borden County in week two, jumped from number four to number one after shutting out Lorraine 49-0. So that's, that's where we sit with this matchup. We have number two Borden County, Number five, Sterling City, should be a shootout at Eagle Stadium on Friday. I don't know what to make of Westbrook, but we'll have that conversation down the road when Sterling City and 
Westbrook play. But I do think Borden County, you know, they they beat Calvert, who is a good division, uh, 1A Division two team in week one. And that was by 20 points. And then losing to Westbrook, as you said, by 14. I uh, think Westbrook is, uh, I, when I say I don't know what to say about them, they're a good football team. This is a, it's not a question of a good football team, but are they number one in the state good football team? That's something we still need to find out. Uh, probably won't get to find that out until they play Sterling City. I mean, this is, this is the way I look at six-man football. Circumstances change each week. There has been where they where Borden County beats Rankin by six points last week. Rankin also had their best player go out at halftime. And Rankin is still probably one of the best teams in six-man, despite the fact that they're not number one. And this, these rankings are it's pretty much what I'm trying to say is our subject. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a week-to-week thing where, okay, the team that just got the big flashy win will probably jump up because a com- the computer al- algorithm oh, likes, uh, <laughs> likes that more. But with this matchup, just from what I've been told about Borden County, they're just not as big as they have been in the past. Coach Trey Ritchie, though, has done an awesome job with that program. So just because they're not as big doesn't mean they're not as good. They are still a very athletic football team. They have three guys that are pretty much heading up the offense. And, you know, the thing with Borden County is that they have, they've got returners, just like Sterling City. A lot of these six-man programs that are at the top – has been the the conversation has been depth or returners. I don't know if a team has quite the depth that Sterling City has up there at the top, but it's this week it really will be, you know, we talked about size against speed with May for Sterling City. I think this week's going to be more speed versus speed. How will the Eagles do? You know, they're they're with a new defensive system that they put in place. We got they kind of put that into to action last week against O'Donnell, and they took care of business, fifty-eight to eight. Mercy Rule, all that fun stuff. Mercy Rule in Garden City. I mean, they beat May, who was massive, and that was a huge test. I think that kind of got overlooked a little bit about just the fact that they came out in the second half and you know just kind of started to to chip away and eventually took control of that football game. So. I really, you know, I don't know what to quite make of it. I think that my, you want my honest pick. I think Sterling City is going to win this football game, and I think that it's going to be by more than a, the, uh, I think, what, six points? Or wait, no, ten, they're, ten they're, the, they're the dog, aren't they? Eagles, 10-point favorites. Okay, 10-point favored by Dave Campbell. Six-man footballs where I saw that they okay. were, were six-point underdogs. So... Uh, there, there's two, two mixed things. My opinion, I think Sterling City is going to win this football game by 14 plus. I, I, that's just how I, I my, what my gut tells me. But would I be surprised if Borden County makes it a game where it's maybe a three point one like we saw against May, or if Borden County beats the Eagles? No, I, I wouldn't be because Borden County year in and year out does what Borden County does, and they're like that. If you want to talk about tradition traditional powerhouse they've had more success than sterling city has had oh yeah there's there's good talent they have a good talent pool in in, in gale texas and that goes again to coach <laughs> richie coach richie and what he's accomplished there has has been impressive so will guys like hudson cox chance ferguson 
will they be able to, st to step up for Sterling City? Uh, there are more than just those two. Francisco Gonzalez. Um, the list could go on. I, I don't want to sit here and just start naming all of the kids because I said they've got a lot of depth. <laughs> There's the roster name. There's got, they've got There's a lot the of depth. The They're good. Um, you know, we'll see. I, I, I feel good about Sterling City this year. I, I feel like I might be a little homer and biased because they're one of our area teams. But I just going to watch their verse practice, talking with Coach Cisco, it, it just feels like they've got the group this year that will be able to put the pieces together and and make a run for things. And I think that one of the the first ways that you'll be able to tell this this could really be the first telltale sign of if they're able to because this is you know an old region opponent so yeah you mentioned how things can change from week to week in the six-man game we saw that last year with sterling city and rankin sterling city beat rankin in the regular season and then they lost to him in the playoffs so yeah no week to week basis for the six-man game well and one of them that one of the things that makes this interesting too is you know normally i said an old regional opponent these teams normally would meet in the playoffs then they still very well could meet in the playoffs but it won't be until the state semifinals it would be the chance to go to the state championship game if borden county comes out of the the region one and then sterling city makes it out of region two so you know sterling city's got a, a not necessarily i'm going to say an easy path but it's not as big it won't be as big of a gauntlet like it has been. So that's also why I feel good about the Eagles. And I know we're getting past the preview and more into the, <laughs> the future, but just getting back to this matchup, I think you have to look at what Sterling City has been able to accomplish this season and what Borden County has done. It has been a as equally impressive, but I just feel if you were, we're just looking at that, just the – the final outcomes, mm -hmm. I think it's Sterling City. Yeah, and, and, and we know this team, uh, so it's 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 easy for us to say that. Borden County, they like you said, they have some senior leadership coming back. They have Cam, Camden Edwards at running back linebacker and Will Yarbrough at center and linebacker. However, they are replacing pretty much all of their statistical leaders from last season, so I think uh, that, that is saying something when it comes to this matchup or Sterling City. They have those interchangeable parts that we talk about every week. Yeah. Um, but no, I'm right with you. I feel like our picks don't really differ because we, 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 we think alike, Jaden. Yeah. You and I, we think alike. <laughs> I, I do have Sterling City winning this one. Well, it just goes back to it's not that Borden County hasn't been tested. I, I would, was actually thinking I, maybe I could make the argument where it's the Garden City, Borden County comparison where Garden City's got a bunch of younger kids. And it's not the same at all. It it would be a disservice to Borden County to compare them to Garden City other than the fact that they've both been good football programs. Mm -hmm. But I guess the one thing that I kind of thought about is they do have the ability to reload talent there. It's There's a reason that they're competitive each and every year. It's, you know, they, yeah, they might have some athletes that are better than others, but they are always coming in and and reloading just this group isn't necessarily what borden county is known for where it's been these big behemoth guys they're they're more of the smaller athletic type like sterling city so that that's the aspect of this game it could be a high scoring one 
but I hope so. yeah it could be a shootout <laughs> right? i want to see a shootout two so. things two things for borden county that boils down to great coaching and gale texas those are <laughs> those are the two things borden county at sterling city 730 eagles stadium keep an eye on that one and that's both of our suggestions i think i can safely speak for Jaden here if you want to go see a six-man game head out to sterling city that Will, that's the game of the that, week that will be a very exciting one let's quick hits on some of the other games going on around the concho valley the winless mason punchers the first time since 2002 mason has been 0-3 they're at third ranked wall despite them losing to san antonio corner christian last week they jumped from number four to number three which is very weird because i don't think you Ever rarely, ever I mean, they made really a jump. They're, they're they're making jumps because of just things that happened within the. Well, that I mean, so I'm getting the rankings pulled up because I don't want to sit here and just go through the entire entirety of it. Well, Pottsboro was three last week and they lost to Melissa. That's the reason they jumped up. So even though Pottsboro lost and Wall lost, it's very rare that you see Melissa lost. <laughs> Melissa beat Pottsboro fifty-one to seventeen. Ooh, and Wall played, I think, Wall, you look at San Antonio Cornerstone Christian and just the way that they did against San Antonio Cornerstone Christian, not necessarily because of offense. I think the Wall defense has been more, more impressive so far this season. It's just in an overall from start of the game to finish. But just the way that they were able to keep it a 24-6 to game should have been probably 17-6. to And, you know, maybe if the Hawks offense got a few things going, it, it could have been even closer maybe we're looking at a win but yeah wall wall still they don't deserve to fall because of that game that's a that's a basically you're throwing 6a kids out to play 3a kids yep. and wall deserves the credit for scheduling that game one and just the fact that they competed well against them as for mason uh this has been a rough one for the you know traditional power that we've come to see especially this last decade uh, but, you know, Mason is still a state powerhouse for a reason. They might be having a down year, but they've also, let me say, they've played a good Comanche program, a good comfort team, and last week they played a really good San Saba team that's making a lot of noise into a Division One. And so, you know, yeah, those are three tough games. Won't get any easier this week. Do they have a good chance of starting 0-4? I, I'm, yeah. yeah, I'll be honest, they do. And that would be the first time that Mason's had that happen since, I believe, 1997. It's insane. And insane. The, the thing that I guess will, where you're me pouring gasoline on this, <laughs> this whole thing Light is up. the last time they played at Hawk Stadium, it was a six-point game where Mason wins. And it, it came down to final, you know, fourth quarter, let's uh i think mason ended up scoring late and i don't have it off the top of my head how but, long because i wasn't was i wasn't here that was in 2018. 2018. last year wall goes into punch the puncher dome the 40 game home winning streak for the punchers been a thing i mean 40 Snaps. games crazy yeah wall beats them and beats them big it was it wasn't wasn't close left a sour taste um, in their mouth as well yeah and then we even when we me and you went out yeah. there for two days they were saying they want they were going to start calling it uh 
What Puncher Puncher Stadium? Puncher, Puncher Stadium or Puncher Field? They were just joking around yeah. because some about owning the new turf. Yeah, because Wall <laughs> Wall is saying where it's the well, it's the Hawk the Dome, Hawk and, and you know this is just a classic rivalry, and Mason does lead at all time, thirteen to seven. So we'll see how it goes, but I think that the consensus across the state is that this one will probably go into the Hawks' favor. Yeah, I can't really pinpoint what's going on in. In good old puncher land, I guess not not really good right now. <laughs> no. That zero and three, I can't really pinpoint what's going on with Mason. I know they couldn't convert on the goal line against Comanche in week one, which mm-hmm. hurt them. They, they yeah. could easily be sitting at one and two. But like you and perfectly good, said, man. yeah, like exactly like you perfectly said, these are three really good teams that Mason lost to. So maybe we just haven't really seen Mason get the opportunity to um, to I guess play down. They've struggled. They've just their skill level. <laughs> they've just play, They've just struggled offensively. They have, and, and you say that they've scored six points yeah. all season. That's that's a big that's a big part of it. They've just struggled offensively, but you know, I, I mean, it's like I said. They, I, I've said this time and time again. I'd rather these teams, and I think coaches. I mean, it doesn't really matter what I think, but coaches schedule hard teams for a reason, and it's to get them prepared for playoff runs and walls a team that i'm not going to say that they're on the level of refurio or or shiner because we sadly we didn't get to see shiner and wall play each other but you know i i do think that wall is it's a team that will give mason just another good look at what could be coming down the road if they can snap out of this and then get into the postseason i feel like we say it every week but no hats off to the coaches that that do schedule the mm-hmm. the, the tough non-district uh competition because not only is it fun for the fans not only is it a good measuring stick for the the kids uh the players but it's also fun for us media members that have to go out and cover it i say half like we're forced to but it's fun for us it, it makes our job interesting wall is favored by 37 uh, that's the dave campbell's computer uh, I, I don't think it'll be by that much. I do have the Hawks winning it when it's all said and done. Hawks are averaging about 26 points per game on offense. Mason allowing about 25 points per game. Um, I, I do think the Hawks, I do think Wall will win. I, I don't really think it'll be that close. I don't think it'll be by 37, though. I don't think, well, I, it depends on how, st- if, if Wall gets off to a good start, then we'll see how much it's by. But I also think that it's it could be one of those games where Houston guys put, putting in other guys to give them some some reps in the second half. Yeah, we're coming up on the forty-one minute mark, so we're gonna go ahead and, and wrap this up fairly quickly. We like to talk, guys. Thank one you. One more so game. Much. We got to yeah, hit the we, one. Yeah, last we got one. we got one more game. We want to thank you guys for listening to all of our tangents and and, and takes and, and inside information because really a lot of work goes in to these shows and kind of the information and research that we do. Mason at wall 730 hawk stadium last one we want to touch on for today's week four preview cast number five wink we've seen a lot this season yeah for them for them not being one of our our, you know contra valley teams that that we cover number five wink three and oh they're really solid three out of four weeks at El Dorado, Larry Mitchell Stadium, 7.30 p.m. They have the Wildcats favored by 18. You have to think El Dorado is looking back at that Cristoval film, considering Cristoval has played mm-hmm. Wink the best this season. So I want to just start throwing statistics out because I did a little research just on this game last night. Okay, so Wink's three wins. 
it's what I, I wrote down in my Google Doc. So I start <laughs> out by reading it. But you got you look at Winks three wins, and it has not been because they dominated the football game. I, I think that's the biggest thing that you have to point out first. Whereas El Dorado, their losses have been in blowout fashion. Now, I, you can look at the score for Coma and El Dorado last week. And before I say anything, Coma is very good. And I think people are maybe sleeping, uh, maybe not anymore on the Coma the Bulldogs. But Coma looks like they're going to be a pretty good football team this year. But El Dorado's two losses against two good teams in blowout fashion. And then winners, they went in blowout fashion. We haven't seen El Dorado play just a close football game yet. This one has the opportunity, though, to be a close football game. And the thing that sticks out to me the most, El Dorado gave up 403 yards on the ground against Cahoma last week. Against San Saba when they lost, they gave up 373 yards on the ground. Cristobal struggled to stop Wink's ground game, and they allowed 366 yards. So do you see where I'm going with all of these mm -hmm. statistics? I think Cristobal and El Dorado being in the same district, in the past they've been pretty close. I personally think Cristobal has a little bit of an edge this year, but El Dorado struggled to sum it up. El Dorado has struggled to stop the run, and when Wink played Cristobal, they had a field day. Yeah, I, I like how that's kind of what you link it to. That's a common denominator here uh, between Wink and El Dorado. You know, the, the, the other thing I'll, I'll just add really quick, I, I went as even far as being nerdy and going with third down uh, conversion <laughs> rate. Wink has been so impressive with that. 70%. That's wow. Third down conversion rate. Weekend, weekend, going out and scoring fifty points on teams. They, they the last week they scored thirty eight. They scored, I think, thirty nine against Ozona or something like that. And you know they they've been the kind of in the thirty range. But I, I made the point already. Cristobal, they gave up all the ground uh, yards on the ground, but they were right in that game in the fourth quarter. Cristobal could have won that football mm -hmm. game if it would have came down to them making the defensive stops they needed and. You know, Braden Wilcox, it was the first game of the season, just got shut down completely. And, and they, they didn't know what to – I wouldn't say know what to do. That They just were unable to come back from that. So does El Dorado have a chance in this football game? Yes, I do believe so. I, so I made all of those points kind of making it sound like, do I think they will win this football game? No, I think Wink will, Wink will win this football game. But I think that El Dorado has a chance in this football game because of just looking at how Wink has played their three other opponents. And that's that's the difference. It'll be a great one. Fifth-ranked Wink at El Dorado. Uh, El Dorado trying to spoil Wink's so far perfect season. They sit at 3-0. and El Dorado trying to get back to 500. They sit at 1-2. and Larry Mitchell Stadium at 7.30 p.m. Like I said, that Dave Campbell's computer has the Wildcats favored by 18. It could be a really close game. There's a chance there, Eagle fans. I believe, in, you. There, I believe in you. I believe in you, Coach there. Long. So let's go ahead and wrap it up. Let's go ahead. And, I just want to run down the the list of matchups, if you don't mind, Jaden, of of matchups in the Contra Valley. I'm just so going to yell people, good or or not. It. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Rapid fire. Rapid fire. Let's your, do it. Your takes. We got like I'm not going to mention Mason at Wall. That's the first on the list. We already talked about that. Clyde Ballinger. We already talked about that. Coleman at Grape Creek, 7:30 p.m. Should be a good Stadium. game. 
Ozona at Menard, 7.30 p.m. Finley's Field. Ozona's going to win by a lot. Oh, yeah. Ozona's that's, that's that by weird pause. I, I noticed you had the, the weird pause in there. You want you want me to just start giving out hot takes? That's, I mean, that's what I want. I, no disrespect to Menard. They're new coach. This is this – is, they're undermanned down there. Ozona's going to bounce back. Roscoe at Cristoval, 7 p.m. Jack Party Memorial. My boys, Stadium. the Jungle Cats, homecoming. Big win. Woo! First-ranked Westbrook, we talked about them earlier. We Oof. will talk about them more uh, as we get into district play. Oof. They are taking on Water Valley at Wildcat oof. Field. Oof. Oof. One word, oof. Westbrook picked to 45. They have them at minus 55. How about it? Just oof? Is that your reaction? Yeah, yeah. No, I, 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 <laughs> oof and I let's move on. I we were going rapid round here. Oof and let's move <laughs> on. Permian Basin Co-op at Erie County. Erie County. Grady at Moran. Grady. Moran at Blackwell. Blackwell bouncing back, baby. Lone at Olfen. This is an interesting football game, <laughs> actually. Really and I'm sad that we don't have a lot more time to talk about this. <laughs> but you want to talk about – I think I saw one of the guys that covers six-man football, Lehman Sanders, uh, does a really good job with stuff. said, this game is interesting because this might be both teams' only shot to win a football <laughs> game this season. And that is not meaning to be disrespectful. I mean, considering Olfen is, or Olfen is just now starting a football program where they have 10 kids – out there or something like yeah. that 10 kids with hey man let's let's hope yeah. the mustangs can pull it out i'd love to see that i think that's why they rescheduled this game as well well yeah <laughs> like, i mean hey, they had the bye weeks they had the it. bye weeks and then yeah <laughs> so let's let's do it let's go mustangs coach tennyson not really in the contra valley but is it heiko 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 at junction and brownwood and brownwood gordonwood stadium so it's not that far you can make the drive to brownwood yeah i mean i, I don't know what to make of that one I, Junction, do, I don't know Junction what to make of Junction yet. Yeah, I mean, I just, but I don't know what to make of Junction. Junction's yet. been up and down. Exactly. Very, very up and down on on my stocks list. If you, want, if you Coach Contrusi, I love him though. <laughs> Guy is a character. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to Week Four Preview Cast here on Locker Room Rewind. We bring you guys these very insightful. At least we try to make them preview casts. You're raising one finger at me. Eden Garden City. Eden beats Garden City to, to snap their two-game losing streak. Good for good for the Bulldogs. Yeah. Good for the Bulldogs. Um, yeah, no. Yeah, we try and try and put out these preview casts every Wednesday for you guys. A uh, lot of lot of work goes into it. A lot of local journalism information goes into it. Support local journalism. We talk about it a lot. Uh, thank you, Standard Times. Thank you, Big Country Preps. Thank you, all the other local newspapers for these road teams that we know nothing about until our teams play them. You know, and people 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 don't understand. I've I've joked around about Dave Campbell's before. Dave Campbell's does an excellent job. Dave Campbell's as well. Yeah, really, really does an excellent job. Just providing people with information about teams that they wouldn't necessarily be familiar with, and. You know, it's like I said on Saturday, and I'll, I'll probably continue to say this. I respect what the Standard Times does uh, because they tell the story from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. It's it's what I started doing was newspaper and Same was was taught from doing that. You know, Oscar Leroy and give him the shout out and uh, the Midland Reporter Telegram in, in Midland uh, taught me uh, how to do things, and I just. You know, still learning, obviously. Uh, that's a that's a well seasoned vet. So is Amy McDaniel's, and so is Charles Bryce, the 
no, good, I, good good quality stuff there very good people as well and like i said there, there's a lot that goes into kind of preparing these shows for you guys but there's also a lot in just getting the information out there and they do a brilliant job not it, only doing it in a timely manner but also in a clear and concise well, it manner. would be a disservice to say that i'm i'm going to use no, I'm not saying that I use, I just go and I read their article and I'm just sitting here reading their article for, from yeah. word, word for word. But no, I want to be informed. It would be a disservice to the listener. It would be a disservice to the people that watch my newscasts, the people that watch <laughs> Inside the Game on Friday nights. If I did not try to get as much information possible from as many of different sources out there, and also compiling on the own information that I get. We, we're talking about, you know, going and getting information from other sources. Ryan and I also do our, we, we talk to coaches. I mean, this isn't just like, we're just these two guys that are going out there and hey, okay, well, Standard Time said this and big, big Country Prep said this. <laughs> no, they do an awesome job and we like to see what their perspective is, but we're also doing um, work of our own and that's tooting our own horn a little bit. Um, <laughs> But seriously, I, I just appreciate the coverage that, that West Texas in general does for these high school football teams. It's truly brilliant. Uh, so, I mean, if you have, what is it, five, six, seven dollars spare. Throw a bone. Yeah. Go ahead and give, give those publications a, a, a subscription and get their digital Throw them a bone. access. Uh, I know they have, a lot of them are doing paywalls nowadays, but go ahead, subscribe to them. You can knock you down that paywall. You free, so and <laughs> do, do, them a, do them a solid and yeah throw them a bone but no that pretty much wraps up the week four preview cast thank you everyone we'll be back on saturday with grape creek head coach tanner teal who i still need to text and remind him <laughs> um but no it should be a really good one should also be a really good week for high school football so I'm until excited. saturday we will see you guys around